Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. A disciple is a lifelong learner. I've been a Christian more than 60 years. Am I still learning? Absolutely. See, if you're not still learning, you're regressing. I'm still learning. I'm a learner under, there's the big D word, discipline. It's going to take discipline. If you're going to grow, it's going to take discipline. With the purpose of simply growing to be more like Jesus. When you read the book of Acts, you see amazing things that God did through the church there. Many people ask why they don't see the same activities nowadays as they read about in the Bible. Well, Pastor Mark will be talking about that today. He'll be teaching about the lack of spiritual depth among many in America who call themselves Christ followers. He'll be reminding you that Jesus told the men who would become his disciples, follow me. You'll learn what that phrase means for your life today and how you can narrow the gap between the Christians in the book of Acts and your life today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Mark chapter 16 as he continues his message. God reaches people through people. turn to Matthew 28. We'll start there. First book. There you are. First book, New Testament. Matthew 28. God's going to speak to us from his word. I want to introduce you to the new member of Mark and Linda Balmer's family. This is little Kimmy. She's eight weeks old. You know, it's amazing. I introduced our kids to us a few years ago. I didn't get any awes. I mean, our own kids, for crying out loud. So, well, she's about, she's now at, actually tomorrow, eight weeks old. She's a little Shih Tzu. And she eats baby food, dog food. Just dog food that's for puppies. Why? Because she's a puppy. And she's teething like crazy. You want me to prove it? There's blood all over my arms. Well, she's been good, but one year from now, can you imagine, will she look like that a year from now? No, because she's going to do what? Tell me. She's going to grow. She's going to be very different. She'll have all her teeth in. I'm sure she'll be 100% obedient. If you have a Shih Tzu, you already know that ain't going to happen. But it's going to be great. Today, I don't want to talk about Kimmy and her growth. I want to talk about you and me and our growth, not physically, but spiritually. You see, 
We're involved with this thing called GMO, Global Media Outreach. Every day in our world, two million people around the world go to hundreds of websites that say this, find Jesus, need forgiveness, want to know about God. There's all these websites, and they go there. And this organization called GMO filters them into their resources, and then they send them out to hundreds and thousands of Christians around the world who answer these questions on a daily basis. So pretty much every day, about a million people around the world who are asking questions spiritually about God are answered by people just like you and just like me. I'm going to give you the final part of it, and you might say, well, Pastor Mark, when will you stop talking about this? When Jesus comes back. Because that's why we're here. One of our elders has been on it four or five months. In four or five months, he's been in contact with over 70 countries of the world. Let me show you how this works. And I've got three keys that I'm going to give you today as we go through. You've already turned to Matthew 28. But let me ask you before we look at that, here's two common questions that come in from around the world. All these countries, hundreds and hundreds of countries. Here's the two questions. I'm a new Christian, now what? Now I want you to think, you're the one that's going to answer that email. What would you put? Here's the second one. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? They could ask that from any country in the world. In 60 words or less, what would you put? You see, we need to be able to answer the simplest questions that come in from around the world. What comes to your mind when you hear the word disciple? Does it describe your relationship with God? Well, if you can't define it, then of course you wouldn't know whether it describes you or not. So Matthew 28, look at verse 19. Let me read you the Balmer first part of the verse, and you tell me what you think. Jesus says this, therefore go and make converts of all nations. Is that what your translation says? No. You see, that is not at all what Jesus is saying. Now, let me explain to you. As you and I look at this, There's three or four stages of a Christian. Really, there's people here in this campus, you're an unbeliever, you're searching. Good, glad to have you with us. Just listen up and you can leave this place forgiven and go into heaven, have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Two, every Christian, when they accept the Lord, starts as a baby, just like Kimmy. You're a baby. Say, Pastor Mark, I was 74 when I got saved. I'm a baby, you're a baby. The other end of that spectrum is a disciple, a mature person who continues to grow in their walk. In between that baby and disciple, there's this huge gap of people, Christians. They're called by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, carnal Christians. All they really care about is themselves. They really don't care about other people. They're going to go to heaven. They'll have nothing to offer God for their life but they're going to go to heaven. Now, here's the problem. In our world, in the United States, that's the world I'm talking about, 
The United States spiritually is 5,000 miles long and about two inches deep. Most of the Christians in the United States are carnal believers. In fact, Paul says, I have to feed you like a baby, and you're useless. You don't do anything for God. Now, I don't believe that's true at our campuses. Not because we're special, but because you're different. You're learning. You're growing. So notice this first thing I want you to write down. Here it is. Very simple. Every disciple is a believer, but not every believer is a disciple. So look at Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's the goal. It isn't a convert. Everybody starts as a convert. But the end result is simply a disciple. This is the Great Commission. It doesn't stop with evangelism. All those people that came to the Lord on Easter, that's the starting point. It's not enough simply to make converts and let them go and fend for themselves. Can you imagine if we let Kimmy in the front yard and just said, have the afternoon, come back at four o'clock? We wouldn't even have a dog. Someone steal her, she'd get killed, whatever. Well, baby Christian, same thing. That's why this person wrote the email, I'm a new Christian, now what? Well, who's going to answer her? Who's going to help her? Do you know how to answer her? Do you know how to answer yourself? You see, every convert, God's goal is for them to become a disciple, growing and becoming more like Jesus. So let me give you a definition, very simple. It's just one. You can come up with lots, but just write this down. A disciple is a lifelong learner. I've been a Christian more than 60 years. Am I still learning? Absolutely. See, if you're not still learning... You're regressing. I'm still learning. I'm a learner under, there's the big D word, discipline. It's going to take discipline. If you're going to grow, it's going to take discipline. With the purpose of simply growing to be more like Jesus. Every disciple, through the teaching of the word of God, being around other Christians, is to be growing to be more like Jesus. So, When you see Matthew 28, this is at the end of a three-year period where Jesus picked his disciples, and they had been growing for the last three years. What we're going to learn today is, what did they learn from Jesus so that they could become more like him? I want you to walk with them, and we'll learn some things together. So turn to the book that's right next to you. One more chapter, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. Now watch how this begins. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, Peter, and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Notice what Jesus says to them. He doesn't say to them in verse 17, now be a Christian. He says this, come follow me. Walk the same road that I walk. And I will, I have a goal, I will make you fishers of men. While you're becoming like me, I'm going to show you how to duplicate yourself And do what I'm going to do for the next three years. At once, they weren't carnal. They weren't thinking about themselves. They left their nets and they followed him. That's why we don't pretty much, we, I mean, Christian is a great term, Christ-like. 
We don't use it that often because, as I said, most of the United States, if you say you're a Christian, yeah, I'm a Christian, it means nothing. Well, I want to ask him, are you following Jesus Christ right now today? Well, what does that mean? I already know where they're at. Now, look at verse 19. When he got a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Now, we do know this. A few months earlier, the Gospels tell us these four men had already met Jesus. This isn't their first time. They had already met Jesus. They repented. They believed. They became baby Christians. So when you see them here in this context, they're baby Christians. They had just started their walk with God. What was Jesus calling them to? Follow me was a discipleship, growing to be more like Jesus. So I'm going to give you three keys today. Here's the first one to write down. Number one, write this down. Grow up. Say it with me. Grow up. You've said that if you're a parent, you've said that. If you're a wife, oh, you've said that to your husband. Grow up. Be a growing disciple. Be a growing disciple. Now, the word follow me means to walk the same road. But here's what Jesus is really saying. Follow me, notice, write it down, and grow to be like me. Now, I wish I was 2,000 years ago and could have walked with Jesus. That would have been fantastic. But I can still do it today. I can become and grow like him through the word of God. I can follow in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, for the next three years, the disciples did that. The New Testament is absolutely filled with challenges for every Christ follower to grow in their walk with God. In other words, the end result of that would be spiritual maturity. Little Kimmy, a year or two from now, won't be a little puppy running everywhere, doing whatever. A little more mature, a little more settled down, a little more growth, understanding obedience. Now, Peter, at this time that you read in Mark, Peter's a baby Christian. Later, when Jesus goes back to heaven, Peter goes on, and I want you to turn to 1 Peter in the Bible. 1 Peter, it's almost to the end of the Bible. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Now, I'm going to ask you a big question, so you've got to put your thinking cap on. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. You get to the book of Revelation, you've gone too far. Just come back a couple books. Three, actually. Now, I'll ask you a question. Who wrote First Peter? Uh, Peter wrote First Peter. Is that good? You say, what a stupid question. No, listen. Peter wrote First Peter. He would have written the things he learned... While he walked with Jesus. Does that make sense? Well, sure it is. So look what he writes. 1 Peter 2, 2. Peter says this. Like newborn babes crave, desire, pure spiritual milk. So that by it you may, say it with me, grow up. In your salvation. So what is Peter saying? He says, I know that every Christian like me started in the baby phase. But we don't stay in the baby phase. 
Little Kimmy likes evaporated milk. She'd drink the milk rather than eat the food. You have to give her just a little bit to get her moving. Now, two years from now, she's still drinking milk. Something's wrong. Same thing for Christians. Paul, when he goes to Corinth and says in 1 Corinthians 3, he says to the church, just like it, he says, I'd like to call you mature, but I have to feed you with milk. You're carnal. You think about yourself. You're fussing with other people. You're not at all growing. I can't give you the things you need to grow. I can't give you spiritual meat. We have to play around with the baby issues again. How to be saved, want to be water baptized, read the Bible. What is wrong with you, he says. So Peter knows if I'm going to grow, if I'm going to mature in my walk, simply it's going to come from the word of God. Desire this. The Bible. Have a desire to be in it and understand it. Now, Jesus also made this powerful statement in Matthew 4. Jesus says this. Peter heard it. It is written, man does not live by bread alone, physical bread, pita bread over there, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, knowing the word, even teaching the word, doesn't bring real growth. The 12 heard these keys. So my spiritual growth is going to come from the word of God. That's what feeds me. That's what grows me up. That's why you're here. But look at what else has to happen. Here it is. Jesus said this in John 8, 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, if you stay in my word, if you study my word, if it becomes part of you, you are my disciples indeed. If I'm not in the word, I'm not interested in the word, I'm not around the word, you couldn't call yourself a disciple. You're going to have to call yourself a baby Christian, a new convert. Well, Pastor Mark, I've been a Christian 24 years, a baby Christian, a new convert. Doesn't matter. See, how many years you're a Christian has nothing to do with our spiritual maturity. Then he says this in John 14, 15, if you love me, obey my commandment. So it's not just knowing the word, it's obeying the word. Here's what I want you to write. Spiritual growth, it's not a, it's a, like really a no-brainer, comes from knowing and obeying God's word. Very often at the religious holidays, Time and Newsweek and those other magazines, they always come up with some kind of a, a cover that looks really good religious. And they had a cover, a picture of Jesus, and here was the title in Newsweek. It said this, forget the church, just follow Jesus. Well, that sounds pretty good, but it's 100% wrong. Who is the head of the church? Jesus. Who designed the church? Jesus. Who's the one that said the church would never be defeated by Satan? Jesus. So what are you doing here? You're doing here what God designed for us to do. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul said that God gave pastor teachers to teach the word of God so that the people that he's teaching would not be tossed to and fro, baby things, all kinds of issues, but they would grow up in their maturity with the Lord. So you can't forget the church. How can you forget the church? This is where we hear the word of God and grow. But why are we two inches deep? Because most Christians will show up to church 
whenever it fits their schedule. They'll go into the word, they'll read the word whenever. I don't know about you, but if you're not in the word on a routine basis, you're still a baby. How to do life comes from the word of God. That's why we're two inches deep. And of course, then we have no way to help somebody who asks the question, what does it mean to be a disciple? Well, let me tell you what it means. Well, are you doing that? Well, no, but here's what you need to do. Well, that doesn't work. So we begin to understand that principle. Now go back to Mark chapter 1. What is one of the areas I need to grow up in? Mark chapter 1, just where you were, second book, go to verse 35. Jesus had been ministering the day before and all kinds of miracles took place. It was wonderful. And notice the next morning, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, He went off to a key, a solitary place, where he prayed. He went to pray. During these quiet times, Jesus was praying with his father. They were always in a conversation. This was his quiet time. Now, Peter, when they woke up later, notice verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Jesus, everyone's looking for you. Get back to the house. But look at verse 38. And Jesus replied to Peter, now remember, they're learning something from this. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages. In other words, I'm not going back there. Wonderful to be there. I know there's hurting people there. But this morning, as God and I talk, God rearranged my day. We're going to the nearby villages where I haven't been, so I can preach there also. I've been reminded of why I've come. You see, during that reflective quiet time is when God feeds our spirit and moves us from immaturity to maturity. Write this down, would you please? Consistent growth comes from our daily quiet times with God. Some of you say, what is a quiet time? It's where you take 15 or 20 minutes, you get together, you read some word, you have a little journal, you write, and you listen to God speak to us. You see, nothing can take the place of my quiet time with God. Nothing. There is no other discipline that will clarify the vision and the purpose of God in our lives. Not one. That morning, Jesus' purpose for that day was clarified by God. Now, when you have a quiet time, you will discover that all hell breaks loose when you're trying to get alone with God. Amen? Phone rings. Somebody interrupts you. Now, I've had a problem. Kimmy, for the, I said last three nights, she slept all the way through. I get up at 6 a.m. or 5.30, just spend on the day and do my devotion. My wife gets up a little later and does hers separately. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people. 
who despite whatever obstacles are in their way, they still worship Jesus and praise his name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. And would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. If you feel led to support Lessons for Living financially during this time, we would be very grateful. You can donate online at calvaryccm.com. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living.